Michigan Scouser podcast, where we will briefly recap last Friday's match against Southampton, preview tomorrow's Campus League quarterfinal at Anfield against FC Porto, and we'll wrap up by discussing what it's like to be a stateside LFC supporter during this potentially historic season. Um, with me today is Gordon Lee. Welcome, Gordon. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I'm coming from you tonight uh, from the Roscoe Village neighborhood in the near north side of Chicago. Where Where are you today, uh, Gordon? I am a little bit further south than Chicago. I'm in Coal City. Uh, that's just south of I-80. Okay. So basically, this is a Chicago slash yeah. Chicago metropolitan area uh, podcasting team. So Chicago's in the house today. Um, I kind of think Chicago is a spiritual home of LFC support in North America. I gather you probably don't disagree. I completely agree with that statement. Yeah, we are uh, the middle of the middle. It's everybody comes to us. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, you know what's kind of interesting um, or strange? Uh, last time I did a podcast, um, like I am today, I was tucked away in my basement and um, I had just returned from playing an indoor soccer game. And, you know, you come back from a game, you're sweaty. I took off the shirt. I didn't have time to really shower before the podcast. So I just kept my shirt off um, and was going to just shower immediately after the podcast. Um, somehow, I accidentally activated the camera function on the Skype app we use for these podcasts. And let's just say my fellow podcasters saw much more of me than they anticipated. Uh, Gordon, you'll be happy to know that I've taken several precautionary measures to make sure that you don't see nor anybody else see any uh, portion of me um, that is desired. In which case, since this is audio broadcast, that will be exactly 0%. So, <laughs> it's and that one means that, um, yeah, Exactly, exactly. So... Um, in any event, um, since we've got that uncomfortable moment out of the way, uh, let's get started. Um, so, you know, um, on Friday night, the boys went down uh, one nothing to Southampton, I think it was in the ninth minute. Uh, I think Klopp said a good goal by us. I'm sorry, a good, call, a good goal by Southampton, not world-class defending by us, which I thought was a beautiful way to put it. Um, we ended up equalizing through Navi Keita's first goal for the team, uh, which was an interesting goal for me because he's not a tall guy. He's not been particularly strong, yet he scores a far post header over a, a more uh, uh, physically imposing defender. So that was not the way I expected his first goal to be scored, but I thought that was a critical goal in the match to make sure we, go, we went level at halftime. Uh, Mo Salah completed the comeback with an outstanding goal. And uh, the much-derided Jordan Henderson uh, uh, killed the contest with a goal near the end of the match. Um, just to recap things, we're now top of the table, 82 points from 33 matches, with City having a game in hand. Um, and we still have a chance to register our highest ever points total in the history of the club, not just the Premier League era. And really among the highest ever for any club uh, if we win our remaining five matches. I don't know that we need to spend a ton of time analyzing every aspect of the game because, you know, the game happened on Friday and it's Monday. 
when it's been talked about at length. But if you don't mind, Gordon, why don't you summarize your overall impressions of the match and how you think it sets us up for the rest of the Premier League season? Yeah, um, I'd be more than happy to. Uh, it's kind of the way I, I saw it happening. Um, obviously, there's a lot of tension um, with the, the history. We spoke a little bit about it on the last podcast. Just um, It's kind of the monkey on our back right now. Um, and obviously, you, the, the guys are getting psyched up in the, in the locker room. Uh, the whole city's kind of holding their breaths. And, of course, we go to Southampton and, and put one in, or they put one in pretty early on us and uh, just make the game a lot more nerve-wracking than it had to be. Um, but this is a team who, unlike years past, I mean, it one nothing doesn't phase us. I mean, we've come back, what is it, the last three games in a row now? Um, exactly. From losing positions, I think it's fantastic that the three people that scored um, really needed a goal. Um, I think it's it's great to, that Navi got his goal, and like you said, um, any way that goes in, I'm sure he'll take it. It was definitely um, not what we bought him for. Was We didn't <laughs> buy him the, the presence in the box to get those headers, but I'm sure that uh, he won't mind going in. Um, but I think that the one that really needed was Salah. Um, yeah. I think that he's fine with, with how he's been playing. Obviously, he was second already in the Golden Boot race, um, but the English media is is harsh. It's a very harsh mistress. And the more that somebody like Salah goes without scoring, the harsher they get, the more people start talking about it. And obviously that puts a little grain of doubt in the back of your own mind, even for someone as confident as he is. Uh, so I, I think that that was probably the most important goal to go in. And <laughs> lo and behold, I mean, we spent probably 25 minutes discussing Henderson on the last podcast before the game. And, and he definitely came in and, and changed the whole thing. Uh, and put one in the back of the net for us. And I think that will do a lot to boost his confidence. I think um, he's probably a lock in the midfield for the the remaining games. Um, I think that's he'll just keep that train rolling. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think it was another, another great performance. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more of a comfortable game to kind of relax, um, you know, get the weekend started right. But, of course, uh, nail-biter again. But I'll take it. It was a W. You know, you make some excellent points. Uh, I think Liverpool don't do easy. So if we're going to win the title, uh, something tells me this is just the beginning of the roller coaster ride. <laughs> um, I, I want to go back to a point you made, which is we won three games on the trot um, from either losing positions or I think against Fulham where they had uh, leveled uh, kind of late on in the match and we still were able to get the three points. Um, right. I, I remember I, I, uh, writing a piece at the end of February or middle of February um, that talked about the need for resilience in the team uh, coming off the back of some disappointing results against um, Leicester City and West Ham. And in those games, when the opposition equalized, we didn't look like recovering. In the last three matches, we've looked like uh, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down with unbelievable fight. And I have to tell you, when we went down 1-0 to Southampton early on, I was really confident that we'd win the match. That would not have been the case two, three months ago. I think we're on championship form, not because of our scintillating play necessarily, but because we're starting to show a real steely determination. Um, and I think that's what champions are made of. There have been many times 
teams have won the title, not just because of the quality of their play, but because of their uh, determination. And and I think that's something I haven't seen from this team really for a decade plus. Um, so I, I think, you know, we'll have to see. We'll need Man City to, to drop points, of course, but um, I'm liking what I'm seeing and uh, long may it continue. Question for you. Um, what did you make of Trent Alexander Arnold's performance on Friday? Um, you know, I think it's it's one of those things. I spoke a little bit about it. Um, I believe in one of the articles that, that I wrote. But um, you know, there's a couple of players that are on the tail end of a two-year season um, with with uh, the World Cup in the middle here. Um, and obviously Liverpool has gone deep in the Champions League for two years in a row. Um, that's a lot of miles put under somebody, especially somebody as young as him. Um, yeah. But he's such a pivotal player, and we rely on him so much, him and Rabo. I mean, there's a couple of games um, where those those fullbacks have been shut down and almost everything kind of comes to a halt. Um, teams can can – pretty much parked the bus on us and, and we're struggling to find ways through the middle. Um, so if those two aren't on, um, we definitely, definitely find it difficult to get in. Um, having him be replaced by Milner, uh, you know, that's, that was a shock move on my part. Obviously um, that's why Klopp is in the dugout for Liverpool and I'm watching on, on my couch at home. But uh, I, uh, it's definitely, he's been, he's played so well this year that I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think that he'll take anything from that. I think that he probably just needed a break. Uh, he obviously, he played um, for England um, over the, over the break as well. So yeah. um, he's tired. I think that's, that's what it comes down to, but we're, we're definitely going to need him in both of these legs and uh, definitely against Chelsea. I think that uh, what he did against Hazard in the first one, I think we'll definitely need him to do that again. Um, so he's got to be in, in the top form in the next couple of games here. Yeah, and I think it's also important to remember um, he's coming off an injury as well, and uh, that can always have an impact. Uh, in addition to the fact that, as you point out really well, A, he's really young, and people who are watching the game often think about physical tiredness. Um, people have played the game even at a low level like myself. <laughs> um, you know, when you play long season, it's mentally tiring. And um, to, what he's been asked to do for club and country at his age, um, I think, is not sufficiently appreciated uh, because he's been around for so long that I think people think he's older than he is. Um, so, uh, by the way, I think that was a masterclass substitution by Klopp, not just taking him out, but putting Milner in at right back yep. because that really did solidify um, that side of the defense, uh, where frankly, you, you know, Southampton were finding a lot of joy down that side, particularly in the first half. And, and to be honest with you, uh, you know, it could have easily been two nothing. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Inside well. the first twenty-five minutes, so I, I thought that was a really critical um, substitution, and, and Klopp and his team deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, okay, um, you know, we've talked about the resilience that the team is showing the sense of whether they're playing great or not, there's a real desire to do whatever it takes to get the result. Um, you know, 
I, I think those are things you can take away, I think, from the last several weeks. Um, and how do you think that sets us up for the rest of the season, the rest of the Premier League season? Oh, that's that's massive. That's a, a win plus. I think, that, honestly, the last couple of weeks have really propelled us one after another. I don't think, you know, if we don't have those comebacks um, from giving a goal up or being in a, a position to lose points and coming on to win, I don't think we win this one. I, I really don't. It was an early concession. Um, and then they felt they felt really determined. You could see it. They pushed forward, pushed forward, tried to get that second. Um, and then we went into half. I think definitely we needed it. Um, but they were they were looking to get to hit us again on a on a break and they almost did. Um, but I think honestly the the past results are are almost four pointers for us in terms of confidence. Um, yeah. I think that they know they know they've been in these positions before. They can come back and do it again. I think, and also, um, Navi scoring before the half too really set us up nicely. Um, and they, I think their their biggest mistake Southampton was just the fact that they kind of had a game plan and it looked like they were going to be pretty confident to try to park the bus and then hit us on a counter. And then they started getting a little bit of joy and they put way too many men up on that corner that we ended up scoring from. And, and that was pretty much the, uh, the nail in the coffin there. But, um, but yeah, I really don't think that had against the, in the Fulham game and the Tottenham game, I don't, I don't, I don't think that we win on, on Friday if we don't win those other two. I think it's just, uh, we're just rolling. We're really feeling yeah. good. Yeah. We, we, we look like we're going to win. Yeah, whether we're playing well or not. And as, as, as you said, that just sets us up really nicely. Um, one final point about the specific game is um, you talked about, uh, and I completely agree, that the most important goal from a confidence standpoint for what it means for Liverpool was the goal scored by Mo Salah. I think it's important to point out that this was not a tap-in from six inches that hit his knee and went in. This was a really terrific finish following a 60-yard run at full speed where the decision to shoot was not an obvious one. In fact, as I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, he's holding on to the ball too long, and you know, a second later, the ball's nestled into the far corner. I thought he made such a brilliant decision because the defender um, at that point didn't do what most defenders should do, which is when you have a striker like him bearing down on you, the 18-yard box, you got to close him down. And he noticed that the defender didn't do that. And you would think maybe with his lack of confidence, or at least seeming lack of confidence, um, he would still try to push for the pass. But I love the fact that he had the killer instinct to say, look, if you're going to give me space, I'm going to punish you. I thought that was brilliant. And I think if we see that confidence solid for the rest of the season, um, you know, we're going to do our part to uh, uh, win the title. Good point by you there in terms of highlighting the importance of his goal. All right, a couple of questions for you before we move on to Porta. Uh, to Porto, excuse me. These are fill in the blank uh, questions, okay? All right. So I want you to fill in the blank for me. All right, go for it. Are you ready? Yep, ready. Okay, so I'm I'm asking you the question. <laughs> oh no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. 
So if we win the title, it will be because of blank. What would you put in as the blank? If we win the title, it will be because of blank. What would I put? Honestly, I think it's, it is the ability to win um, in these type of games. I really, this is not something that I've seen. Um, you've, you've touched on that. I think that's, that's really the key to this season. Um, I think 13-14, we were very good. We were exciting. Um, but I think we had 11 ties. I think that's what it ended up with. Um, and so it's just it's not good enough, or it hasn't been good enough. And it's definitely something that um, a goal goes in now in this season. And I don't hang my head. I don't think that I, – I have a good feeling that we're going to get points from it. I don't think that we're going to drop points. I think that's the key to the season. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, – you know, it's an intangible that all championship teams have. And uh, I hate to say this. It kills me to say this, but it, let's face it. It's an intangible Man United had under Sir, Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson. How many games did they win? They absolutely didn't deserve to win. Um and you were seeing a little bit of that from our team this year. And uh, I think that's a spot on observation. One other thing I would add is uh, if we, you know, another way to answer it is if we win the title, I think it will be because of um, our defending. Um, in 13 14, we weren't great at defending. We, we conceded a lot of goals. Our strategy was we'll just score more than the other team. And that was sort of our strategy last year. I think imposed on us because of personnel deficiencies. And this year we defend and we don't defend just the back four and the goalkeeper. I think that Klopp and his team have done a great job of uh, setting up the team to be tough to play against. And sometimes that means we're not as exciting as we've been in years past, but we're a tough nut to crack. And, uh, I think that will have also played a part if we end up winning the title. So, okay, now opposite question for you. All right. Uh, if we if we lose the title, it will be because of blank. Oh, <laughs> that's a tricky one. That's like asking uh, what's your weakness in a uh, an interview. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say the contribution in terms of goals from the midfield. Um, I think that's – that's something that we I th honestly I think um, it's probably down to the way and the style, this new form that we started playing this year. Um, it has a lot to do with being more defensive and controlling games. Um, but I think it, it's gotten us into a little bit of trouble, especially in in games like the Leicester and the West Ham, um, where things start to get a little shaky and you just need something from the midfield, just a, an 18 to to 25 yard or just a screamer. And I don't think we've had that. And I think that might be it. Uh, I mean, it's hard to pick out something because if we went out, we'll have 97 points that would win you the title in just about any other season. So on the one hand, my answer to that question is it'll just be because Man City um, were just better. Um, like despite the fact that's what we'll lose by 0.2 centimeters that in the, the city game. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in the, in the, I mean, right. Or, you know, uh, dropping two points against Lester. I mean, you're really nitpicking to find deficiencies in our performance and our results. If we end up getting to 97 points, 
Um, so I think if, if that happens, I think it will be because Man City were just that little bit better. Um, because, you know, you're always going to have some unexpected results during the course of the season. And I think it's going to be significantly because of what you said, is they just have that extra quality and depth in the midfield. Um, the players that they can bring on from the bench are not like the ones we can bring on. And in that comparison, they're the ones with the advantage. So, um, you know, and, and we've actually done much better, I think, than anybody expected this year as well. So, okay. Um, all right. Um, I, I got to ask the final question now before we move on to Porto. Um, yes or no, will we win the title this year? Yes. I think that uh, what we've got left, um, just looking at, at that Man City, Man United game, I think that's really difficult. I also think that the Tottenham game is a little bit more difficult um, than anything we've got. And uh, I think I really do think that we're rolling. I think that we've got a steam under us. And honestly, if if we went out and they went out, I mean, I'm still going to be pleased. This is a great season. In, in terms of, of money, um, the fact that we are neck and neck with Man City this late in the season is – just it's unbelievable and what we've done in yeah. one season is fantastic so i'm happy either way but but i really think that we're i i think we're gonna win i have a, a really good feeling and and i i won't just ask the question i'll answer it as well and i think we will win it for the reasons you stated i think this weekend's match uh against crystal palace is no walk in the park for man city either they're they're at home crystal palace uh they like playing the big teams and um, I don't think that's going to be a cakewalk either. So if they definitely have the harder schedule. I actually hope they, they progress in the Champions League to keep them nice and busy. Um, and, and I think on balance, I think if we, do, if we, if we win the five games, uh, I would put money on us uh, winning the title. All right. Um, with that having been said, let's move on to Porto. Um, we've got... Porto coming to Anfield tomorrow. And for our listeners who aren't that familiar with uh, Porto, Porto is a coastal city in northwest Portugal. It's actually named after the country, Portugal, Porto. Not really that creative, is it? But in any <laughs> event, that's a historical fact. At least, at least that's what the internet told me. Um, here's kind of a fun fact, though. People from Porto are called Trepeiros. Or traperos. Do you know why, Gordon? No. What does that translate to? I will. I will tell you. Uh, legend has it, uh, back in the 15th century, when Henry the Navigator's fleet needed supplies for his conquest of Quinta, the city Porto provided them with every last bit of meat they had, leaving only tripes behind. From the people of Porto came up with the now famous. Tripas Amoro de Porto dish, which is translated to Tripes Porto style, thus earning the people of the, of the city the nickname of Triperos. Interesting fact, right? Yeah. So here's hoping we devour the Triperos tomorrow night at the first leg. So a little bit about them. Porto currently are on top of the table in the Portuguese League, Portuguese League, alongside Benfica. They're both on 69 points. 
through 28 matches. Um, Portuguese league, not that impressive. Probably sixth, seventh strongest league in Europe. What stands out to me, though, is that they've only conceded 17 goals in 28 matches. Um, and even when factoring in the amount of strength of the league, that's a pretty impressive number. That's significantly less than a goal game. Um, their team is largely similar to last year, but they've strengthened defensively with their uh, center back. One of their center backs uh, is supposedly going to Real Madrid next year for uh, the sum of 50 million pounds. Uh, from what I've read, uh, it looks like they'll definitely copy the Bayern model and bunker and try to get out of Anfield with a result that gives them a chance to uh, win the tie and the return leg in Porto. Uh, their manager, Sergio Contracao, was relatively new last year, and he was apparently faulted for an over, overly exuberant style against us um, in the round of 16 last year, which was, of course, we won 5-0. And um, they um, played Roma in the last round and, and, and won, so they can't be taken lightly. And they did it by um, getting a result, an away goal, in, in Rome, and then uh, winning the return leg against Roma and Porto three to one. So I don't think this is going to be, you know, a repeat of last year. Um, another thing for us to consider is that uh, Andy Robertson is out because of a suspension. Uh, he got a really unnecessary yellow card at the end of the Bayern match um, in the last round, and that sets up a selection di- uh, dilemma of sorts from my perspective because. Maybe you can, maybe maybe I'm wrong. You let me know, Gordon. But the only natural left back substitute is Senor Alberto Moreno. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that was my yeah. my thoughts exactly. I think you make it a run in, or if Klopp's uh, ballsy enough to to grab one of the kids. Yeah, I don't that that one. We're gonna have to talk about that because. The sight of Albert, Alberto Moreno marauding down the left wing makes me want to scream like that guy in that famous Van Gogh painting. <laughs> and uh, yep, especially at like, home. I, I, at at home, you know, he gets a rush of blood to his head, and uh, he'll be in the box. The unfortunate part is he'll be on the in the opposition box when he should be closer to our box. Um, yep. I can think of so many matches where he has cost us severely, including, my opinion, the Europa League title in Klopp's first year. So I, yeah, so I, I want your thoughts about that. Um, I don't think anybody else is suspended, and I think for the most part, um, Klopp will have a, a full team to uh, uh, pick from. So, Gordon, tell us what we've got to do tomorrow to, to win. How would you set up the team? Um, and your overall thoughts on tomorrow's match? Yeah. Oh, first of all, we'll we'll address the uh, elephant in the room. I think that um, if he decides to go with Moreno on the left, um, I really think that we're going to see a a makeshift three center backs, probably Milner um, fitting in with Fabinho. Um, mm. Or even, I mean, Fabinho or Milner in between. Um, just dropping, almost almost being a back three, um, allowing Moreno to get up without hurting us. I think that's probably what we'll see. Um, kind of, kind of forgo 
um, one of the extra guys in attack, which which should be all right. I mean, as long as we don't concede, that's really the main thing. Um, Porto obviously dangerous. They've got a lot of speed this year. Um, not much in attack has changed for us, but I mean, if Moreno's out there, they'll definitely get some joy in the left. So that's what that's has me thinking that that we're probably going to see a makes, makeshift three. Let um, Trent and Moreno kind of go forward without too much damage done. Um, at least having somebody drop drop really deep. Um, but we'll have to see about that. Um, obviously, Porto's in a similar situ- situation that they were um, when we faced them last year. Um, as you pointed out, they only let in 17 goals. But actually, last year when we played them, uh, the, the first leg was in Porto, and they hadn't lost a game there all season. I think it was like right. 22 or 23 on the trot that, that they were undefeated at home. Um, and so I think that the Portuguese league probably isn't the best determination, but uh, confidence levels probably are. Um, and being an Anfield in that first round, I think they might feel a little bit more comfortable to, to go forward. But uh, with Salah's shooting boots on, I think Firmino uh, has finally – adapted to that role um he kind of was quiet it's it's hard to say that he was quiet because even when he's not banging him in um he's doing so much off the ball work that, that if you're not actually right. watching yeah if you're not watching the game it could look like he's you know if he's off the score sheet he's not doing his job but it looks like he's found his way back into the assists and to to the goals and Mane is just uh, a devastating threat over the last couple of months here so they can go forward all they want. Um, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll be I'll be pretty pleased if if we can bang a couple couple past them. But I think that um, being at home um, and having Robbo out, uh, I think that I would rather us focus on our defensive duties instead of going ahead. And if we get out of Anfield at zero zero, I'll be quite pleased to go back um, and into Porto and and have some fun there. Yeah. You know, I, I think that um, you make some excellent points. One that stood out at me is just kind of a big picture point is, you know, when Liverpool played Southampton Friday night, Southampton is a team at some threat of relegation. I don't think they'll get relegated. But when you watched most of the first half of Friday's game, you saw a team that had quality. Do they have top six quality? No, but you saw quality all over the pitch, and Liverpool had to, you know, dig in deep to get the result. And you go to the Portuguese league, and I got to imagine most games for a team like Porto against most of the sides in that league is a cakewalk. And um, you know, uh, teams from from England, I think do suffer somewhat in Europe because of their exertions in the domestic competition in a way that teams from other leagues don't, don't face as much, uh, particularly when you're a, a big fish in a small pond like uh, uh, Porto. I, I got to tell you, I think we're going to score goals tomorrow. I think that um, it makes a lot of sense for us not to concede early. Um, and be maybe a little bit more conservative at the outset and kind of figure out what Porto's going to do and then figure out the best way to go at them. The worst possible start in a situation like this, I think, would be to concede an away goal. Um, I think that'll play right into their hands. And, you know, we've got the 90 minutes. We don't need to score three goals in the first 10 minutes. Um, 
I like your shout about of, of, of about three center backs um, if we go with Moreno. But I have a question for you. Could Milner possibly play left back? Yeah, that's that was another thing I was thinking about, but honestly, I, I think he's gassed. I really think that he's going to play more of an auxiliary um, super sub when we need him, just kind of Klopp's uh, utility belt player. Yeah. Um, I think the last game they started, it just – he. He was still crunching in the tackles and things, but he wasn't covering the areas. Um, he kind of seemed like a weak spot, but it could have just been, um, could just been in the game was like just the way that it was being played. But I think that um, I think that he's he's pretty tired. I would be surprised if he played him at left back just because of how demanding that position is under Klopp's system. But uh, it's it's definitely a possibility. And it, I mean, if that's if Klopp wants to do that, then. I think that Mane is going to have a uh, he's going to have a marathon to run, dropping back and trying to to cover cover Milner and, and come in for passes because I don't think Milner's going to want to venture too far forward. I think that if we do see Milner, he'll probably be in more centralized role. Do you think um, that um, is there, there's any player for Porto that we have to really be concerned about on the offensive side of the game? Somebody who could who could really be a, th- a threat that, that we're not thinking about? Oh well, they have um, the Teas. He um, so far he's been blistering. I, I, I was reading up about him. He's, he's one of their favorite players. Um, and so obviously just popped on YouTube and kind of got sucked into one of those rabbit holes. Um, he looks very talented. He looks like somebody that could, that could not only change the game with, with kind of, uh, changing up the vanilla style and putting a, putting some chocolate in there. But, um, he, he takes players out of the game by, by putting the focus on defensive focus on him. Um, I think that obviously in a Portuguese league, um, the way that the defense is discipline-wise, I think that that probably earns Porto a lot of points. Um, I think that we're a little bit more disciplined. I, I don't think that we're, we're going to get sucked in um, watching him. There's actually a possibility that, that he doesn't play due to an injury. Okay. Um, apparently in his last match, he was taking a PK and injured injured his hip. But uh, from all accounts, it looks like he'll he'll be healed up and ready to go for Liverpool. But that would be one player that I'd probably be um, interested to see play. I think that he's probably their most dangerous player. And um, if they put him on the wing over there by Moreno, it could be could be a long day. Yeah. Again, I, I like your suggestion about uh, a, a setup with three center backs because if Moreno's playing left back, he's practically going to be playing left midfield. Um, I think the guy – and I don't like to berate players i want to support our players um and uh, there are a lot of hendo haters out there i'm not one of them i think the guy gets a bad rap he has limitations and oftentimes he's um you know people assume he should be the type of player that gerard was or somebody of that ilk and the truth is he's never been that type of player so all that is to say is i don't like to berate our players um, particularly ones who've made important contributions in the past. All that is to give you context 
to justify my absolute lack of disdain for Moreno. Um, I just think this guy is a liability and we should almost pay somebody to take him off our books. That's, <laughs> and, and I know it sounds really harsh, but I've seen, I have seen matches that just made me want to scream. And Klopp, I think, is one of the most supportive managers for players who try their best and who do their best to implement his tactical system. He's a guy who backs his players. He doesn't throw them under the bus. And I think you, I think we all know that he does not have confidence in Moreno to implement his tactical style. So whatever system he puts out there has to assume Moreno is going to screw up. Um, and that's not, that's not a great starting point um, when you're dealing with a player. But all of that said, he may not have an option but to play him. And, um, you know, I'll make sure I have my cardiologist on call if uh, I see him <laughs> penciled in for the left-back position. Um, I'm yeah. not a member of the Alberto Moreno fan club. I don't mean it personally, but the guy is just, at best, a walking disaster. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on tomorrow's match? <laughs> no, the, the only thing I would add is, you know, sometimes, sometimes you see players, they just don't work in the system. Um, and I don't, it's one of those things where I don't think Moreno would, I don't know why he's a, a, a defender. I don't think he's, he's a great <laughs> defender. He, he definitely wants to be a left man. I think he should just be a left man. Um, maybe he might be better in the, in the Italian league, but I mean, even that, that league is sort of changing from a defensive standpoint to, to a more attacking yeah. player, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you and like, the same thing. I'm not not a fan of berating players, but uh, he definitely does does make me want to pull the hair out. So we'll we'll have to see. Um, obviously, being in Anfield, it's going to be a little testy. Um, I'm hoping though that like we're so focused on the league and we had such a fun run in the Champions League last year that this is just kind of a bonus. Um, and the twelfth man kind of sticks with Liverpool, um, and they just kind of have fun tomorrow. But uh, if they do see Moreno on the, the score sheet and and uh, the tensions are there just, just from this title run, uh, a little bit of hangover from the Premier League, um, yeah. it could be it could be a long day because I've seen Liverpool play down to opponents just because Anfield's just not in it. Um, and if we do concede an early goal, I mean, uh, it might be a it might be a real barn burner going to Porto. I mean, we could be down down a couple goals, but I'm. I'm really confident that everyone's kind of more focused on the league and this is just a bonus. And I'm really hoping that, that they kind of take a party atmosphere to tomorrow because uh, it's not an easy game. Um, obviously none are. I would consider this probably like a, a lower tail. Honestly, it's it's pretty close, I think, to the Southampton game. Um, no game is easy, but I think that we've got a really good chance at this tie to go through. Um, you know, I think if there's pressure tomorrow night, it's because of the opposition. What I mean by that is, from an expectation standpoint, everyone, not just in England, but everybody who's watching the Champions League from anywhere, expects Liverpool to win the game pretty easily. And there's always the concern that if they don't get a good result, you know, it might impact their confidence going into the match this weekend. I don't think that will happen, but I actually see there being more pressure because of the expectations. Uh, whereas if we're playing Barcelona, 
or a team of that, you know, as Barcelona. So I, I think that's there, there's some pressure there. But as we game, you know, over the last weeks, we faced situations where we had Man City needing in touching distance. Sometimes gracefully, sometimes with a bit of luck, <laughs> but all our night. Uh, my prediction is that we're going to win 2 0. What's your prediction? I'm going to say, I'm going to say that we open up. I think it's it'll be four one. I think that uh, we'll probably get a little carried away with ourselves and, and drop one back, but I'm I'm actually expecting them to knock a couple in tomorrow and have some fun. So four one's mine. Okay. So for all of our cautionary talk, we're we're both expecting a multiple goal victory. I like that very very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right. Well, I thought we'd wrap up with um, kind of a different approach. Um, you know, I've been reflecting. Uh, as we're approaching the business end of the season, that uh, we have an opportunity to really do something special uh, with just a few weeks left in the season. And that is to win our first title since 1989, our first title in the Premier League era. Um, and when you think about it, since we last won the league, uh, Man City's won the title many times, Man United has won it even more times, Arsenal's won it, Chelsea won it. Freaking Blackburn Rovers and Leicester City have won it. It's the last time we did. And it seems to me like in order to complete our return to the pinnacle of club football where we belong, it's hard to say we're going to get there no matter how well we do this year, points-wise, if we're not able to close the deal. I'm not saying it's a failure of a season, but it means that we still have additional steps to take. Um, and... You know, it's it's just that that close. Um, and, it, and as we both said, I think we'll do it, but we're really on the pinnacle of potentially something special. Um, and at the same time, we should absolutely make the semifinals of the Champions League this year. I think we should absolutely beat Porto. And if we do, um, we're going to be in the semifinals and likely to be one of the favorites to win the whole thing. Not the favorite, but final four. Anything could happen. And so I think we're on the cusp of a really special season, which, of course, can come to fruition and could be amazing. Or it could also fall apart because that's also been part of our history. So I'm kind of feeling both nervous and hopeful thousands of miles away from Liverpool. And uh, I just kind of want to get your thoughts. You know, how do you feel at the end of the season? I think you have a really interesting perspective because, you know, your, your family is from Liverpool. Isn't that correct? Yes, yeah, my dad's from Liverpool. Yeah, and, and you've, you've, you've spent some time there uh, from the excellent article you wrote for the oh, American Scouser uh, blog a couple of weeks ago. It's definitely worth a read. Uh, that was a great job. What, what, what are your thoughts? You know, are you nervous? Are you excited? Um, what's kind of going through your mind as, as we're on the cusp of what could be a really special season? Yeah, I'm... I'm... I guess I'm always nervous, um, just being a Liverpool fan. Um, it's kind of our 
our way to hope for the best inside, but project um, a, little, a little bit of uh, disappointment. I, I think it's it's more of a, a security blanket, um, just expecting the worst, uh, at least projecting that. But inside, you know, we we give it we give it everything. Um, inside, I'm, I'm wanting us to lift both. And I want us to do it on the last day of the Premier League. And I want us to do it against Man City in the Champions League final. Um, I think that would be the greatest fairy tale ending. Just to yeah. uh, show that in, in Pep's, um, his large checkbook. Um, and just put that in there. Um, but I think um, as a Liverpool fan, just, it, it, I'm very nervous, of course. Um, but uh, projecting a little bit of pessimism. Always, I think that's just a safety blanket. But, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm nervous, but but very hopeful. I think that, like you said, we've got a chance here to do something amazing. I mean, to we could go deep in the Champions League and also pull this thing off um, before the season's over, even um, if everything goes well. Um, but at the same time, we're right on that knife's edge, um, and if we don't give our best performance in the next couple of games in the next few weeks um it could all it could all be for nothing but honestly i think that klopp's got everybody in a really good mind i think the dressing room is solid um i think virgil van dyke has added something um unbelievable to the locker room a sense of um comfort i think allison has done the same thing um i'd actually like to see him make a big save early tomorrow because i think he's kind of been shaky a little bit um made a couple of early blunders against tottenham um, and I think that kind of shook his confidence and then really didn't even get into the game. Uh, first thing he does is pick the ball out of the net against Southampton. So I'd like to get him in early. I think that it might just be a lack of a lack of action. Um, he hasn't, he's come up really big this season, um, but it's kind of few and far between when he does see action. Um, but I think those two have brought such a calm to, to the defense and knowing that when we do give it up in the 18 yard box on the attacking side of the field, um, that it's not uh, doom and gloom for us. So I think that this team is, is not something that I've seen um, since I've been watching and uh, it's exciting. And as much as I want to sit back and enjoy it, um, my heart will not let me do that. So keep my fingers crossed. But uh, like I said earlier, no matter what happens, I think, I think this is a fantastic season. I think it's, it's going to springboard us into a lot of things. Um, I think there's a lot of players too that that would like to come to Liverpool, and I think that we have a system where our top players will want to stay. Uh, I don't think that we're going to be a selling club from here on out, or at least um, in the next couple of years here. So, exciting times for sure. And if we could start off these exciting times by by taking some titles, that would be um, very welcome. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll be disappointed if we don't win something this year, and. By that something, I mean the Premier League title. Of course, I'll be happy to take the Champions League trophy as a consolation prize. Um, but I, I think I'll, I'll, I won't be happy because that's what we, I think, need to do. But if we finish the season on 97 points, um, God knows how many points we're going to be ahead of the third place side by the end of the season if that happens. We're not only talking about a top four anymore. We're talking about a top two. I mean, there's a big distance now between second place and third place. And the fact that we're in that top two tells you what tremendous strides we've made since Klopp has come on board. 
And uh, we've made some great strides off the field, not just with the um, stadium um, uh, revamp, um, with our uh, commercial success off the field, and not just the spending of money, but the spending of money with intelligence. I mean, people thought we were crazy to pay 75 million pounds for Virgil van Dyke. What's he worth on the market today? You know, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, we, we've really gotten smart on and off the pitch. And I think, um, I guess I'll be disappointed if we don't win something. But to deny the progress of this team, um, which I think some fans do, is, uh, is really short-sighted and uh, unfair. Um, me, what I plan on doing it, I'm, I'm kind of um, a bundle of nerves during matches. Um, the way that I'm going to try to cure that is to try to make it to our local Liverpool pub here in Chicago, AJ Hudson's, as many times as I can. Uh, I think that they'll make it, um, you know, if, if we're, we're going to celebrate, it's nice to do it with other fans. Yeah. And if we're going to have to commiserate, to also do it with fellow supporters. So I'm going to try to do that as much as I can between now and the run-in. Um, <laughs> but other than that, um, I think, uh, you know, many there, – there are 18 other teams in the Premier League who would kill to be in our position. So, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's so, uh, so we're very fortunate, and let's just enjoy it. For sure, definitely. And honestly, Liverpool are better as the underdog. So I think the, we've got – We've got a, a real push here, and um, I think we, we're going to see some big things. On that extremely positive note, which I share, uh, we'll wrap up this edition of the American Scouser podcast. Gordon Lee, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Um, and uh, up the Reds. Up the Reds. <laughs>